you rejoin us in 2000 in the summer before the 2000-2001 season. Uh, Sharpie's the manager now. What was it that took you back? Um, well, we were actually playing. I was playing for Strasbe and we were away. Uh, it was one of the. I think it was back. No, it wasn't back. It was Port Gordon. We had a junior team back then, and we were away at Port Gordon. And I remember walking off at half time, and here Sharpie and Hovis stand at the sidelines. And as I was walking in, Sharpie kind of points at me as if to say, "Look, we're here. We're here to watch you," kind of thing. And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Okay. So lo and behold, it goes on the second half, and uh, I think ten minutes in the second half, I get sent off. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, that's it, bugger. That's 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 it." But um, so they left. I came out of the dressing room and they'd gone. I thought, "Oh, that's my chance of going again." So, but um, I think he phoned me later on that night, and he's like, um, "Give me a telling off for getting sent off, obviously." But they were they were they were dead keen to get me back, and there was no way I was going to say say no. Because it was Sharpie, one of my heroes when I was kind of growing up, if you like, or coming through the youth ranks. If he was going to ask me to go back to there, and there was no way I was turning it down. So I did actually say to him, because um, <laughs> Big Gareth was at Strasbourg at the time. He was my mate. And I had just visions of the first time when I'm through to Nairn on my own. I was like, I didn't want that to happen again. And Gareth was injured that game at Port Gordon. I said to Sharpie, look, my pal's playing for Strasbourg. He's a half-decent player. Why don't you have a look at him? Oh, right, okay. So I think Sharpie went to watch him a couple of weeks later and uh, took Gareth through as well. So that was, that was a good boost for me. So we started that, that season pretty well at the top of the table at one point. Uh, there was a game against the defending champions, Keith, where we drew 3-3 with him at Nairn despite finishing with nine men. So yeah. was there a confidence among the squad at that point that we could really go on and improve than yeah, where we yeah. were during your first spell? Oh, definitely. Um, I think we were, we, were top of the league. we were sitting top of the league at Christmas time, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, we're on a high. I mean, when I, when I first turned up at Nairn the second time, you had guys there. Scott Kelliker was there. You know, he, he turned up at the same time. These are ex-pros. You know, Gary Facker came in. To watch Gary and um, and Scott go about their business on the pitch was just, you had belief. You know, you had these kind of players. And Sharpie was still playing at the end. You had Nugget. Um, all these, Gary Ewan came along. He was there again, an ex-pro. So, of course, confidence was, was high. You know, we had all these players that could win games, not just as part of the team, but they could turn games on their own, if you like. So, confidence was was, was sky high that first season. And I just, I just remember turning up and new things had changed because I got a set of training kit, which I'd never had before in my life. You know, first day there, I, got a, I thought it was just for the photo, but no, I got to keep it. There was a bit more money kicking about the club and it was a bit more professional than, than I was there the first time. So all the signs were good. We were bringing in players that could crack on and win games. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good place to be at that time. During that first season, we knew we reached the final of the Highland League Cup. We came back in a two-legged game against Fraserburgh. I lost the, the first leg at home 1-0, but we went in 1-4-1 at Bellsley, where you scored in that game. Before we went out on the golden goal against Devonvale after a 1-1 draw. Uh, yeah. After 90 minutes, went out an extra time. You scored in that as well. What do you remember about these ties and that cup run? We were still kind of, not the underdogs, um, but places like, say, your, um, your Devonvilles at that point, and especially your Fraserburghs, they were horrible places to go. You know, away to Fraserburgh, who had a, a cracking young team at that time, and they'd been together for, for a long time, and they made it really, really difficult for us. So we were just, we weren't happy to be there. We know we could compete and hold our own. Um, but going back to the golden goal, it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a, a blow. You know, I think it was, did not make history or something, it was the first golden goal or the first... Yeah, the first in domestic British football, I think, yeah. Yeah, so again, a piece of history that didn't sit well at the time, but what can you do? <laughs> the summer of 2001, we saw Gary Farker, Stevie Sanderson signed. Before the season start, we have a pre-season friendly against Rangers. What are your memories of that night? Uh, the, the game, um, I think we got, was it, I think we got beat 4-1. Was it 3-1, 4-1? I think, I think so, yeah. I, I think it was like that. Um, but I remember... I think I, had a, I think I got man a match in that game. I remember having, I really enjoyed it anyway. I think I scored as well. And I just remember, I think it was Mark and Stephen Hughes. I'm trying to, I'd like to think I held my own, but 
obviously the last half an hour of fitness tells and we kind of we, we kind of died out a bit in the, in the steam of this but the fact that we were able to attract these kind of, I think we played Celtic as well um, the fact that we were, trying, we were attracting these teams to come and play us at, at home you know it was great to turn up at Station Park it was a nice summer's day there was a good crowd there it was it was ace it was great it really was that season uh, we won 2-1 at Keith in a qualifying cup tie uh, that meant we then played Wick in the next round with the winners getting into the Scottish Cup Wick at the time bought, were bottom of the table and we've salvaged a, a 2-2 draw in the home game and you think well we're going to go up there hopefully finish the job in the replay but it didn't quite work out like that and we lost uh, 5-0 I think we were actually 5-0 down at half time uh, Gary Ewan said in his podcast that it was probably down to us just turning up and expecting to win having gone to Keith the previous round and knocked them out would you agree with that? Yeah definitely definitely I think our minds were kind of on the journey home rather than on the game itself and that, I, I think, I mean, it was the next year where, where Sharpie left the club. I, I think that's what kind of, that was one of the reasons. We were all pals, we're all best of pals, we liked a bit of banter. And sometimes that took us, took our minds off the game, if you like. One of the prime examples, I think it was the season after. We told you before about the Jaffa cake story. I better not tell you here, it's not, really, it's not for family ears. But in fact, I will tell. I think this, this story kind of goes to the way where we weren't kind of taking things seriously. And as you say, taking an eye off the ball. So it was one time at Rothes, I think. And uh, we used to, before the game, we used to get these like Pringle, bo- Pringle boxes of Jaffa cakes. And Scott Kelker just used to demolish these Jaffa cakes to the point there was nothing left for him to eat. So he went to the toilet and, uh, right, we're, we're going to spike these Jaffa cakes for Kel. So I <laughs> takes the top Jaffa cake out. And I kind of skimmed it around a place that's kind of south of my back, but north of my legs. <laughs> and popped it back in the, ca- in the, in the carton. And of course, Kel comes out. Where's the Jaffa cakes? I was like, oh, they're here. You want a Jaffa cake? Yeah. So he takes a Jaffa cake out and eats it. Well, 10 guys hit the deck, you know, so he vowed revenge. So the week after, we're sitting in the dressing room and he had these wine gums, a packet of wine gums, and he'd done the same thing. Okay, he'd swiped one in his nether regions. So he's dishing them out to people and he's like, oh, keep your mouth open and I'll get it in your mouth. So I comes back from the toilet, sits down. Brooksy, you want a, a wine gum? Yeah, no bother. So he launches this wine gum to me and it's heading from my mouth. And Johnny Seaton walks past and grabs this wine gum out of the air and sticks it in his own cup. <laughs> so I get away with it that time. So I was like, oh, you're never going to get me back, Hill. So I'd forgotten all about it. And three weeks later, we were at, I think we were at home to Rothis again. And as we say, it was a game we should have won, but we were expected to win. And we didn't. I think we were up 1-0 and they came back and beat us. The 2-1, it was 2-all or something anyway. So we're coming off the game at the end of the, off the park at the end of the game, fully expecting for a Sharpie to batter the door down and, and ball at us. So we're sitting there waiting and it's not coming, he's not coming in, he's not coming in. So I thought, right, okay, we'll start getting changed. So I went for a shower, came back out, and I'm honestly, I'm away to put one of my socks on and the door batters open and here comes Charlie, uh, Sharpie, and he starts going for it, you know, and he's shouting at everybody, he's doing this and he's doing that, with, well within his rights. And um, everyone's kind of looking at me out the corner of the eye and I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? I've still got this sock in my hand. And I thought, oh, well, I better put my sock on. So I put my sock on and it was just a squelch. And the smell started wafting up to me. Meanwhile, Sharpie's still battering on about it. And I look over at, I think there's Brian McLeod there and there's Kel. They're all looking at the floor, but their shoulders are going up and down. They're obviously laughing. And of course, Sharpie's seen this and going mental. What had happened was, Kel was a postie at the time. And so he's out in his rounds, you can imagine him. And he's came across a bit of dog shit. And he's, ah. So he's picked up this bit of dog shit and he's taking it with him. And when I went out for a warm up, he stuck it in my sock. <laughs> and he got me a beauty, but it just happened to be the kind of the wrong time. And I think looking back right now, there was a lot of games like that where we took our eye off the ball at that point. Mm. And unfortunately, Sharpie paid the price for it. I think it was a, a season later when 
when he left the club. Yeah, the 2002-2003 season, that would eventually see us finish fifth in the league. It was a really successful campaign overall, but you know the real low point of that campaign was the loss of uh, our goalkeeper, Gary Stewart. I know you were a really close friend of Gary's. Can you tell us a, a bit about him and just a bit about what you went through that weekend when, when we played Devonville? Yeah, well, Gary, as I mentioned before, um, same with Gary, I mean, with Gary, um, I think when we grew up together in Grant and our mothers were best pals from a young age. We stayed on the corner from each other and Gary and his brother Robert were kind of, we'd play together every day, kicking a ball about and out the back. So we were living together at the time. We had a house, um, we renting a house off uh, somebody from Grant and so we were, we were staying together. And then when he came to Nairn as well, it was Gareth and Gary there, so my two best mates at Nairn. It was brilliant, it really was. Obviously, unfortunate events, I think it was in November of that year. Um, we stayed in the house and he was playing for Dufton at the time. I think he went out on loan at yeah, Dufton. Yeah, and um, I, th- I don't think they had a game on the Saturday or Gary was injured, one of the two. I think his problems was back. So he'd been out on the Friday night. I think we were playing Devon Vale the next day. So I went to my bed early on Friday night, which was unheard of because I had a game the next day. So I'm sleeping, Gary was out, and the next thing I know, in my bedroom, the lights are getting slammed on and my covers get pulled off me. <laughs> I think it was half past one in the morning. So I get up, I'm in my boxer shorts, and here's Gary standing there, full of beans, as he usually was. This girl that he was kind of seeing on and off at the time was, was back in town and she was at a, a house. So he was wanting me, he didn't want to go himself, so he wanted me to go along with him. I obviously turned him down because I had a, a game the next day. So that was no problem to him, you know, he just, the usual Gary just gave me a big cuddle and then, and then walked out of the house and that was it. And then I went back to my bed. I get a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning and, and that was it. That was, that was it informing me that he'd obviously getting in his car and um, it left the road. Yeah. So that was, uh, it was, it was horrible, horrible. Yeah, obviously a very tough time for you and, and for, for Smithle as well. I know we used the three years, as you say, were really close. Yeah, yeah I, I think um, obviously football takes a back, a back, a back step, at, a back uh, seat at, at those times. I think in the next morning, even though I had a game, I, did, I don't I even thought about the game. I think it was my dad that actually phoned up Sharpie and told him, uh, told him the news, obviously got in touch with, with Gareth. It was, it, was just, it was just a horrible, horrible time. Um, the guys went along and played the game, which... I didn't really agree with, you know, but at that time I really wasn't caring, you know. I understand the reasons for doing it. Um, would I have done it if I was them? Possibly, possibly not. That's not for me to say, but it took, it took a good bit of time to, to get over that, to get over Gary. Just, you know, it's still, it's still struggle about to this day because um, we, what really kind of, it's really hard for me to understand because in October or, or through the summer, I'd broken up with my girlfriend and so, so had Gary, so we'd planned to go away for that Christmas and New Year. So I'll just go, we'll just we'll head off for Christmas and New Year. We'll go somewhere for a week and we'll, we'll get on it. And then obviously Gary died in the, the November. And then at Christmas time, I met a girl who's now my wife and have kids. And that's what really kind of eats away at me that if Gary had, hadn't died in the November, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my kids. So that's, that's kind of, that's enough to drive you nuts thinking about that one. So yeah, yeah so it's still, it's still, it still hurts. You missed the following week's game as well, uh, yourself and Gareth, when we beat Cove at home. But you're back in the team, obviously, later on in the season. One of the matches uh, was away down at Keith, where we really ran over the top of them in the first half. You got yourself a double, and I think you had a hand in the, with the OG as well. Do you remember that that game in yeah, those times? Yeah, I do remember, actually, because it was the first time I've ever scored two goals in a half, um, let alone the first half. It was great just to, to blow the cobwebs off and to concentrate back on the football after the, the previous kind of month's events. I just remember it for, um, I think I did get a touch on, I was, I was claiming the hat-trick anyway. I was claiming the hat-trick. But Nugget was, I remember Nugget having a go at me because I think he'd made this blistering run from the back. 
and he'd taken on all these players and he, and he took a shot and hit the post and it came back and I, I, I just tapped it in. So he was raging that I'd scored. <laughs> he'd made this blistering run and that's what you know, I remember the game for. But um, I think I needed that just to kind of get back into the swing of things. You were probably, in my opinion, the best form that I ever saw you in during your career at that sort of period. Did you have any options to move on from there or go to a higher level? I think Carl Donaldson mentioned that the guys he trained with at Aberdeenshire clubs at that time were always asking about you. I think I had four or five, but at that time, I was enjoying my football so much in there. And my, you know, the, the guys and players had grown into my pals and my best mates. And um, there was no way I was going. I think um, Kevin and Doug Will were in charge at Bucky at the time, I think. And they were in contact, wanting me to go through there. Locals were wanting me through Cove, I remember. When I joined the fire brigade as well, Cove were trying to get me through. I think one of their, my boss was one on their committee. and He was kind of putting pressure on me. But yeah, so obviously had had offers, but there was no way I was going anywhere else. Um, and if Nairn asked me to sign on, then... Yeah, I would, I, would, I would go. Money didn't even come into it. Um, it was just a case of showing me where to sign. It was, I really did. I was enjoying it that much at that time. So, like a Rangers could have come in for me and I would still said yes. <laughs> no, no, I was still saying. I was still saying no. 